Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. dedicated to Henry Foreman. In the year of the primal Well, 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 welcome to episode 92 of Agitators Anonymous. I am Alan Averill, the hostess with the mostest, or whatever you wish to call me. Episode 92, is it season one or is it season two? All will be revealed, I suppose, in due course. Well, now, I had other plans for this week's podcast. I had grand plans of writing a piece about Elizabeth Bathory and getting up to my elbows in virgin's blood, prompted by an old friend sending me an unexpected Bathory shirt in the post. Cheers, Evil D, my old friend. And I found a few books I'd filed away somewhere, began to get the old notebook and the old quill out to uh, start to make some notes on the old gal. Miss Bathory, and, and then, and then, my plans were irrevocably changed. And then, and then, last Friday morning, our unelected health official advisory board here in the good old Republic of Ireland, the one that you've heard me bemoan for nigh on two years, announced that in their opinion, the Irish state could lift restrictions. And it was only a few days earlier, it was only a few days earlier, they were discussing mandatory vaccines, etc., etc., among other restrictions. So, basically, what was in place from one day disappeared to the next. And then, at 9pm, if I'm not incorrect, um, among all of the other things that I may or may not be correct or incorrect with over the course of this What, let's be clear, is quite the monumentous podcast, one of the most important podcasts that I've done in my own small drop in the ocean. It has much gravitas, and it's going to be a spicy meatball, I promise you that. Our dear leader, 
Our dear leader stood on the steps of the country's parliament and announced all restrictions were being lifted, well, more or less all, from 6am the next morning, and the rest to go. And upon my viewing of Instagram yesterday morning, there was an ad from the government stating the rest of the restrictions that were going. I kid you not. I kid you not. The algorithm seemed to be trolling me, mocking my mental state over the last two years. But here we are. And like I said, wait, what? What? Hang on. Like, hold the digger, pull the stopper or whatever the phrase is. Whatever the phrase is in Irish. Um, What the absolute F? Yes, from one day to the next, Ireland literally just did a huge turnaround and announced that was it. So I'm pretty well aware that many of you in other countries are still laboring under restrictions. Today I was only informed that Germany, among other countries, are rolling on till the end of February, holding things in place for another few weeks. It could be that whatever way this is rolling out, across the USA with Ireland stuck in the middle of the sandwich there between the UK and the USA. We kind of had no choice. We're the sort of meat in between their Goliath sandwich. But here we are. Why Ireland? Why Ireland? Like I said, I had grand plans for another podcast. And I know, I know some of you are tired of hearing me talk about the pandemic, um, but I couldn't really discuss or I couldn't really not discuss this, could I? I couldn't really just gloss over it and tell you, here's my top 10 albums of 1978, 1988, 1998, my blah, 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 blah. Well, it's all my blah, 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 really, isn't it? But I couldn't not discuss this. So what happened? That's what this podcast is going to be. What happened? Why Ireland? Why not New Zealand? What have, What has Mr. Putin been up to? Various things like this, and I'm going to try and sort of pull together some sort of, well, pull the threads together to make a couple of different narratives. So, if you're tired of hearing me talk about the same old thing, this kind of isn't the same old thing, even if it seems on the face of it to be so. So what happened? And what is happening around the world? Is the narrative crumbling? That's probably two words you've heard quite a lot over the last week, is the narrative crumbling. Um, Well, first things first, if you've been listening to the podcast, um, you will know that I always state there are multiple narratives at all times. So I don't subscribe to any one particular narrative. I never did. And the people who say that I do have never actually listened, I would imagine, to the podcast. There are always multiple narratives at play. And I think that much of the Um, polarization that's happening in modern societies because we've been divided and conquered, siloed into our two sides of the argument, um, led to believe that the people we disagree with are less than human sometimes, that are incalculably evil, that are beyond reproach, and that we have nothing in common with them. But of course, this is untrue. And it is just classic divide and conquer. So the idea is always with the podcast. And as much as I am able to try and step back from that, to try and hold the ground, to consider, as I said, skepticism is the only real perspective on all these things and try as I might. And it's not always possible because we do acknowledge and have our own biases that there are multiple narratives, multiple angles with which to view things. So what happened? What happened Why Ireland? Why Ireland? Weren't we first to get the smoking ban? Oh, yes, we were. 
three weeks ago, as my friend Steve Hughes says, but we live in pubs. Well, Mr. Hughes, we were among the first this time around again. Why? I don't. Well, it's kind of broken my brain, so let's try and get into this. Let's look at Ireland and some other countries following suit and then make our way across the barricades of insanity to New Zealand, for example, where they are imposing a 24-day isolation quarantine on people. 24 days. Imagine you're in some working-class area um, and you're locked in a room in a tower block for 24 days. Um, I can only imagine the untold, uncalculable percentages of human misery that would greet upon a country foolishly chasing a um, a 0% chimera. But, you know, if you will hunt ghosts. Anyway, so, is it stupidity or bare-naked um, calculated authoritarianism? Who can tell? Who can tell? And it's too far away. Really, shouldn't I stay in my lane? And my lane is Ireland. So let's have a look and see why, wherefore, what's going on here. First things first, Ireland shares a border with the United Kingdom. I'm not going to go into the reasons why. I did do a podcast before about why that little bit at the top belongs to the United Kingdom and the other 26 counties below belong to the South, the Republic of Ireland. You can scroll back about a million years to 19... 78 or 1878 or whatever year it was when I did that podcast and you can have a look there but Ireland shares a border with the UK so if the UK as they did the day before we removed our restrictions decided ah ours are gone also why you know we were kind of our hand was slightly played for us and so it would seem in an act of desperation English Prime Minister Boris Johnson, the bojo, removed all restrictions. He's under fire, it would seem, for using 10 Downing Street as a bit of a session gaff, a party house for most of the lockdown. Bring us around beer bars is having a fucking sesh, man. Yeah, Boris has been um, using 10 Downing Street as his own party pad, it would seem. And so... I think in order to try and save his own skin, sensing the immense popularity of, well, the untenable um, state of affairs across the board, uh, socially, with trying to keep a handle on all this, he just went right to hell with it. Everything open. Forget about it. Um, and so sitting next to that in Ireland, what were we going to do? What were we going to do? We couldn't really go, well, we're going to try and double down even further and follow... For example, the example, for example, the example, the example of Australia and New Zealand, even though some of our health official cronies were doing that in um, 2020. Look at the example of Australia, etc., etc. But here we are. We had to follow somehow the UK out of this. And let's not forget, they being the UK political elite, were having parties while their general public could not hold the hand of a loved one during their final moments or bury their dead um, or when elderly relatives were literally being punished with immiseration and loneliness by being left in nursing homes people weren't able to visit, they were partying. And that's the truth of the matter. So let that sink in, as I'm pretty sure that story is true for the political class in every country. Room, one rule for thee, but not for me. 
and not just the political class, but anyone, I guess, with enough money to be placed in the untouchable category were no doubt... They were no doubt holding some masked ball parties somewhere or other in the bowels of the earth. Epstein had an island, lest you forget that. I know that I wasn't invited. You probably weren't invited either. All dressed up and no one to go. Nowhere to blow. Who? Yes, indeed. A very weird turn, a very weird turn of events. Um, as my friend said, the battered housewife in me, and that's a terrible analogy, but it would seem to be apt um, thinks it's not over and that there's worse to come. That this is merely, you know, you've had, uh, shall we say, the softening up artillery barrage and now the big guns are about to come out. I'm not so sure. It's very hard to know. Um, certainly moving everyone back now into restrictions. The lockdown, having just thrown your hat at it, um, would seem to me to be difficult. But if there's one thing we've learned, it's that, um, well, we haven't really learned anything. The one thing we've learned is that we can't predict with any certainty what is going to happen. Um, a very weird turn of events indeed. So, but I think and hope, as I said, that could be wrong. I believe the game, the gig, the jig is perhaps up. People have slowly awoken or partially awoken. It would appear um, that some of the governments are um, clearly aware that they've kind of lost the people, essentially, or at least some of the people. Um, they see numbers, no doubt we don't. Um, there are things happening in the background that we are not privy to, privy to. And certainly for now, numbers the mainstream media, I think at least, have for the most part been ignoring. But that seems to be changing. There seems to be way more reports, way more reports about um, dying with, from, um, all these kind of other numbers. And... The scrutiny, the sort of eye of Sauron is slowly, slowly moving across to take a look at some of these things. I mean, and so there are more and more stories in the media critical of what um, the approaches have been over the last two years. I mean, you know, they are, for the most part, ignoring, for example, huge protests across Europe. But there are definitely stories when I click in and have a little look um that are much more critical than they were two, three, four, five months ago. Um, so why Ireland? Why Ireland? I mean, I can imagine the sort of booster uptake is pretty abysmal, would be my guess. Among kids, must be pretty abysmal. Um, you know, are they exaggerating the overall uptake of vaccines? It's hard to say. Um, what I could sense or what I could observe is that there's a growing public awareness that um, the vaccines maybe don't really do what the people were told they were going to do. And B, are they as safe as they were told? Mix in all of these things and there's a sort of slow moving scepticism or head scratching among the public. Um, you know, the slow review, the slow, da uh, slow release of safety data from Pfizer, Moderna, etc. And there's some something, something moving um, under the surface. Um, the, tr the truth has a great knack of coming out in the wash, as a friend said to me. Now, well, I kind of believe that. Um, that was at least before it seemed clear that tech, pharma, state and media were all batting on the same team. Something is clearly happening. The great unwashed are chattering. They're chattering. They're wondering, hang on, I followed all those rules and yet I still got this. And when I got it, nothing really happened. 
I mean, that's anecdotally the story from everyone uh, I talk to about this, from my uh, neighbour upstairs to my um, parents, elderly friends, to everyone, really. So what is happening? It seems possible to me that the gig is up. Omicron is clearly kryptonite to the lockdown narrative. Um, It's rumoured, I mean, I don't know quite how true this is, but to have rifled through half a million people in um, the island of Ireland. Um, At least that's what I heard. So many, many, many people who've been following the rules and been scared by state, um, followed everything, 90-odd percent vaccination take-up, and then they went and got it. And then kind of went, oh, shrugged their shoulders and scratched their chins and went, eh, is that kind of it? And the isolation and close contact rules, which hadn't really been updated since the very first surge at the beginning, um, now placed a huge section of the workforce, um, uh, well, out of work. No one was working. And um, let's be frank, quite a section of people just sort of didn't really want to work. Hey, I get it. I understand that. Who are you telling? And no country can really run itself like that, that even... Though last week or the week before, the banks declared their best ever year in 2021. Don't forget they had to underwrite all these huge loans. Um, A country uh, just can't really run itself like that. There are threats of supply chains being broken, food perhaps not getting to the shelves. And don't forget, if the food don't get to the shelves, we are three days away from a true zombie apocalypse that even most likely the 1% haven't built the walls high enough to insulate themselves from. Oh, those 1%. No, it's true. Um, I think that there was very great worry that literally... No one was working. And how can a country really function like that? Really, really function like that? As I said, the banks declared 2021 their best year yet. Don't forget, as I said, they had to underwrite all these huge loans. And it would seem, it would seem that a lot of money earmarked for recovery funds and loans to normal people appears to have been siphoned off. But that's a different podcast altogether. Um, But you expected that, right? Not the podcast, but the siphoning. I mean, who gets contracts when war is declared? Who gets to rebuild the infrastructure of a shattered country like Iraq? Oh, well, Mr. Phone Company, you can have this. Mr. Lockheed Martin, you can have that, etc., etc. Who's going to build the pipes? Look, you can figure it out, right? And so who gets to rebuild all of the things that, um, you know, the pandemic and restrictions have ceased to move also? Certain institutions and companies line up to profit from disaster. We know this, so why should this one be any different? Disaster capitalism. And so it was clear at the beginning of this, at least to me, that this was not a fiscal crisis, not a financial crisis. I mean, personally, I subscribe to the idea that there is no such thing as free money and that we, and that what we have taken from the state will have to be paid back. But how remains to be seen? Remember, you will own nothing and you will be happy. Hmm. <laughs> You will own nothing and be happy. Hmm. But more of that later. More of that vampiric talk later. Eventually, normal people have to even reach the point where they can clearly see there is no real threat, threat anymore. As in, you know, multitude, uh, threat by multitude towards human life. Even when they've been, they followed all the rules and followed all the instructions, um, they still got a bloody nose, or should we say a runny nose to be daft about it. I shouldn't give up my day job. Comedy is not my strong suit. So, Ireland. Back to Ireland. Why? 
well, look, maybe it was time for the health officials and political class to cash in their chips, uh, to claim hero status before the heat gets greater, retire and head for the hills. I mean, it's entirely possible, right? You, um, the, you know, part of the political game is knowing when to step off the stage or to when to step back onto the stage. This is a very great skill. And maybe this is just incredible timing from some very skilled operators. Hard to say. Um, someone sent me a Freedom of Information a Freedom of Information Act request, stating that in the UK, uh, only seventeen thousand, I think, three hundred people in the UK died from COVID directly. I don't know about that, but is that for real? Certainly, certainly, it could be said that maybe some people are beginning to realise in that political class that this whole situation is becoming somewhat untenable, that the weight of its own, um, you know, restrictions, rules, endless political meandering, maneuvering, um, competence, incompetence, grifting, whatever, that the, the weight was just getting too great and that the numbers were slowly coming out and people were beginning, normal people were beginning to wonder, hang on, that doesn't seem right. And so maybe they're, as I said, getting out of Dodge before some inquest begins. It's possible. Of course, to be fair, I won't discount the fact that they, to a percentage, um, perhaps have made a brave decision. And to give them some credit for not doubling down like many other countries are, I will, of course, for the sake of levity state, as I said at the top of the podcast, um, the truth is always somehow residing in the grey area. It is neither black nor white on either side of the argument. Um... So I will give them some credit for not doubling down like many other countries are. Um, hello, New Zealand. I will, of course, as I said, for the sake of levity, state that maybe they genuinely saw that the threat is now minimal and it was time to get the country back to work, restore some social dignity to people and, to be honest, give them back their freedoms. The things I've been banging the drum for since episode one. It is possible, of course, as I state every time, the truth is in the grey area. Not everything is either malice, of course, nor is it incompetence. There's both, of course, including genuine altruism and indeed competence within all of those things. Many narratives are playing out. This is clear. But anyone says that there's only one or the other needs their grey matter poking. And here we are. That's kind of the purpose of the podcast, right? Are we moving to episode two? Sorry, season two. Well, let's see. That's up to me to really decide. Does it mean that the seasons are based on a Irish context or a European context? Hmm. Hmm. So maybe the number of deaths imminent from untaken screenings and cancers change in their minds anecdotally. Um, the daily death rate, as they call it, in the Republic in 2021 makes for grim readings. Maybe the suicide stats um, finally caught up mentally and morally. The nightmares of families, as I said, unable to bury their dead. And many of the random nonsensical laws and rules finally caught up morally to people. And they thought, this just doesn't make any sense anymore. Who knows? As I said, one thing we've learned is that we can't really predict much. And who knows, maybe in three weeks, something else happens. As I said, the Monster Energy variant. And we roll back into somewhere else. As Typo Negative said once, express yourself, feel free. So, again, I can't really, um, you know, let them off the hook for putting the Irish people through two years of this. But it feels that the whole narrative is now, as I said, maybe crumbling. Um, maybe it's Fauci's leaked emails. 
maybe it's um you know even cnn even even um people who had been fully let's say you know media mouthpieces and people and outlets that have been fully supportive of most of these things are now there's now cracks starting to appear in the narrative all over the place and i think basically as i said omicron may have been might have been the kryptonite to the narrative because it just rifled through society and people got it and then talked amongst themselves and went hmm okay or maybe maybe it's the possibility of russia invading ukraine maybe it's a cognitively impaired biden administration at the helm of that encounter merkel is standing down after what seems i don't know 20 years in power a lot of thing a lot of things are changing so maybe the whole covid narrative itself is simply running out of steam but why ireland why indeed ireland and when you look at what's happening in Germany, Austria, um, of course, Australia, New Zealand, but um, it feels like much of the political class in other countries and others I haven't mentioned are kind of doubling down for the meantime, maybe allowing a few things to come back. Um, it, and it must be said on some level, punishing their public in an almost punitive and adolescent manner. Um, certainly the mainstream media are not reporting the growing protests, as I said, across the Eurozone. And so... And so, my friends, I walked into my local bar for the first time in two years and showed no papers, no digital this or that, didn't write down a name of this, no track and trace, and sat down and ordered a pint, from behind which I took some notes for this podcast. And guess what? And this is one of the most interesting things. It would seem our government has even said they're ditching the digital passport. Jaw dropped yet? I kid ye not. Um, that's the very thing that I can admit I've been suspicious um, that this all of this was, you know, fundamentally about, or at least it was, um, you know, the kind of um, elephant in the room lurking in the shadows, the movement of people onto um, a form of digital ID, allowing the state to have access to your um, everything, literally, your digital ID, and of course to lock you down if you transgress from society, so to say. But um, now, of course, as I said, you know, this could change in a week or two and who knows what might happen in a month or two or three and they might just simply reband that vaccine passport as something else. And, you know, in Ireland, we didn't really protest much. We didn't kick up much of a fuss. And here we sort of are. I'm suspicious. Yeah. Um, I mean, who wouldn't be? But let's be clear. Let's hope what is happening in the US, the UK, Scotland and Ireland is going to spread to the mainland of Europe. I hope so. If you're listening to me out there, um, Let's hope so. And yes, that was the most jaw-dropping thing that they were just like, nah, I think we're going to... Yeah, I don't think you need that from now on in. So so let's just pause for a small breath there. Um, because if that's what they're really saying, then could it be that within a couple of months, the rest of Europe does the same thing and the digital passport um, concept just gets scrapped? which, let's be honest, most of the people who've been discussing liberty, freedom, all the things that I've been discussing were the most worried about, allowing um, state and technocracy to have this uh, hold over your life, which seemed that the Chinese social currency system or a version of it was baked into the cake. Again, it's a head-scratcher, right? Anyway, punishing and not protecting, punishing and not protecting. It would seem that many governments are, um, you know, listening to the progressive voices in their con constituency or among those polls who it would seem back mandates against, for example, the unvaccinated. 
Um, and I think you have to really dig down into why that is. Is it because the same people were painted as, you know, alt-right at the beginning of this or connected to Trump or 5G, all that kind of stuff? I would say this is more than likely. I mean, I, I said it before in the podcast, but I think if Trump had been pro-lockdown while he was still in office, um, many people who are, um, you know, would have just picked the opposite side. Um, society was that polarized. Um but something strange is going on in these numbers. If 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 for the people who are um, sort of in Europe screaming about the unvaccinated and saying, yeah, well, I wouldn't mind if they got sent to, um, you know, um, into, you know, camps or they were fined or this and that and the other. Let's not forget that while those people have been painted um, as, you know, um, conspiracy theorists, the fact is much more likely that they're ethnic minorities. In Europe, the Muslim community, I would guess, on religious grounds, um, um, or even based on a historical distrust of the intentions of the institutions of power within those very states um, within which they have always felt peripheral and outcast from. I would hazard, that's a reasonable guess, that actually um, across many, even in Austria and Germany, there are many of the people who are among the um, unvaccinated are indeed ethnic minorities. Does that change the um, angle of viewing this for people who are super, um, you know, how we say, polarized to stand on one side and view the unvaccinated with um, some form of, I don't know, like some form of distrust, even moving all the way to some form of mild hatred. Um, it would seem to me that it's, again, as I said off the top, a classic case of divide and conquer, um, demonizing one side of the argument and allow the other side to claim the moral high ground, to feel righteous in their wrath. And who would say there isn't a form of religious zeal to the support of restrictions? Um, and we've seen many people, journalists, celebs, people within our own heavy metal scene carrying water for big farm and tech with almost religious fervor. Very strange. Weren't health workers applauded at the beginning of the pandemic and now threatened with sacking um, over mandates? Again, interesting. And being silenced over whistleblowing over corporate profit margins steering the healthcare narrative. It's very complicated. My brain is broken. I need a holiday. Anybody want to pay for that for me? Anyway... Anyway, anyway, is it possible that the old digital passport will be redundant here, but you're going to have to fire back up the app to get on a plane, leaving Ireland to go to the mainland? I have no idea. Perhaps the whole social currency system um, was just a red herring in itself. Now, I'm not convinced of that. As I said, great lads, the Chinese, great lads altogether. And speaking of them class chaps indeed, our friends, the World Economic Forum for whom some of you believe um, is just a sort of nonsense theatre, a sort of invention of conspiracy theorists. But I would say that most of you who do think that have never really looked into them. Um, they, those guys those, those guys have been having their um, yearly session under the guidance of, um, you know, uh, Klaus Schwab, Klaus Schwab, the Great Reset and all that kind of stuff. The great narrative is now coming. And if you want to go back to the episodes to that one, you will find my thoughts about the Great Reset. Um, and who gave the first speech after the curtain was lifted? Xi Xiaoping from the CC Cool Party, followed by, it would seem, Mr. Fauci, Mr. Fauci, I am the science fiction. And what follows? 
on what follows. The Great Reset, well, it's, um, I think, kind of being called, rebranded, the Great Narrative. And some of what they were discussing was the fact that it would seem the public have lost their, um, you know, their will, their belief, their trust in elites. I mean, really, if that's the kind of thing people are actively discussing, then, well, I don't think they reside on the same planet as the rest of us, really. Of course, people should have no trust in (laughs) elites. But... Now it's being rebranded as the great narrative. I mean, how much of the how much of the World Economic Forum is just pure performative um, is, of course, up for debate. Um, certainly when the first two keynote speeches made to this billionaire's playground are made by two of the most important figures in the whole narrative that we've just been living through, you would have to be one of the most trite and blinkered, um, be kindest pajama party members there is. Um, you know, a cove, cove addict of Rogan hating proportions to not believe that there might be some element of this that is not only theatre. Um, it's worth getting your eyeglasses out. I think debt forgiveness and trade of property with a UBI tethered to social currency score. Did I just say that? Well, sure, let's see. Could just be theatre, who knows? But certainly the idea that um, the actions and deeds other WF would just be, you know, dismissed out of hand as, ah, that's just tinfoil. Certainly isn't. Certainly isn't. This is, uh, this is a quick, quick ramble, isn't it? I have the feeling I have drunk too much coffee today. Too much coffee today. Um, but it is indeed, as I said, a sort of monumentous podcast because the podcast itself was started, I suppose, as my own therapy session to deal with the um, the situation we were living under. And um, this is the first week where I sort of find, oh, it's just a normal miserable January in Ireland. A normal, grey, rainy, miserable um, Dublin. But it just so happens that you can walk into your local pub and not be faced with a raft of restrictions and rules. Yeah, it's been it's been a pretty strange week. So, What could the other reasons for this be? I mean, it could be the, as I said, the possible standoff between the US and Russia has kind of forced the political class or will force them to pivot somewhat and ask the behavioural scientists who had a cushy number advising government how to nudge people into lockdown to uh, leave the party. You guys have to get out of here. It won't do if we all go up in smoke. Um, Get the NATO chief in here on the double, pack up those case modelling toys and get me a double whiskey on the way back. Are there any adults left in the room? Um, I'm almost an adult. I could do with a job, so give me a call. The truth is, I think maybe that while the elderly, middle-class, rich and indulged heart of Europe and the Anglosphere has been busy trying to foolishly create a risk-averse society, our boy Putin has been busy. And so have the Chinese cool party. Uh, Massing troops on the Ukrainian border, coupled with a possible move into Taiwan. Um, Taiwan. Maybe our healthcare troubles are merely the smokescreen for some geopolitical saber-rattling from the red side of the table. Uh, it's possible, right? Or could it? It could just be simple opportunism. Opportunism. Or, of course, that there's a million other things going on underneath that. No doubt there's some gas pipeline somewhere that um, needs to be built. Certainly being somewhat serious about it all, it's clear that since the reckless days of the post-communist um, collapse in the early 90s, uh, European leaders, at least I would say, kind of took their eye off the ball, or at least the incumbent leaders following the retirement of the 80s set, 
who on who, you know who grew up among um in the old cold war scenario i would say they took their eye off the ball in terms of dealing with what has now become uh since putin's uh reign the reassembly of the old ussr or at least the ambition to much like let's say obama's middle eastern policy failings which allowed the taliban and isis to flourish amongst many other things so western leaders failure to really listen to russia's new school old school new old school thrash cassette mix because they couldn't find a boombox or cassette player is now kind of coming home to roost then again what do i know i'm just a singer in a heavy metal band right so let's get to this little nugget discussion nugget what does this mean for people on the on either side of the narrative um what does it mean for the people who supported restrictions supported the narrative um well i don't think this about turn really means anything um other than more or less everything in place the day before made no sense as in all of the things that were there a week before and were being shouted at and you were being told there's this that and the other and mandates of this and then one day oh back to normal um well how does how do we view then all of the rules and regulations that were placed on our liberty and freedom only 24 hours before it must place them in a slightly different um perspective and i think one of the things that i think we can say we've all learned at least i've learned is that change in your mind um for example on something because you come into more information or you understand something greater is a very valuable thing a u turn is a very um helpful maneuver and but I think the narcissistic um urge of social media over the past decade has encouraged people to decide that doubling down is more important than for example changing your mind or um adopting a u-turn and I think there are many people out there who do kind of feel that something is not right but followed all the rules and supported them and also shouted down everyone who disagreed with them um as a granny killer or uh, many other things including conspiracy theorists I have a feeling many of those people do feel a bit silly but you know what hold your hand up if that's you hold your hand up and say well you know the skeptic skeptical rational perspective on the world means maybe there are some new info here I need to reevaluate um and there's some people maybe I excluded from my life I need to reach back out to and establish common threads with because that's if you've been played into that game and siloed into fighting tooth and nail with either side you know with with family members and loved ones and other people who you now don't speak to because of this that's the perfect um, you've been played you've been played that's kind of how i look at it um and uh so eventually maybe the narrative just collapses under its own weight the idea that eventually being told that you know when you stand up in the restaurant and go to the toilet you need to put your mask on take it off when you eat that the virus respects that difference that the virus doesn't come out after 8 p.m. at night because there's a curfew etc etc all these things eventually begin to weigh down on the narrative um and i i think eventually these things just begin to crumble on all sorts of fronts um so th- does this mean that the tone of the podcast for example is going to change no not really the podcast will continue being called agitators anonymous does it feel like there's some small sense of vindication no not at all like i said um and always will say that the truth is gray and it's about you know the only rational perspective being that of skepticism um i mean 
I mean, the idea of there being some sort of unified response to this, some sort of EU-wide response to this has proven to be obviously complete nonsense. Every country was fundamentally left to implement its own rules. Um, and while I, you know, can sit in the local bar and bring up YouTube and watch huge protests in other European cities that I know very, very well here off the coast, um, off the coast of Europe, you know, the last outpost before the America um, things for now seem to be completely different. And then, like I said, I talked to friends in New Zealand and Australia who um, tell me the complete opposite. But yet people are messaging me from all sorts of places. And this is one of the benefits of doing the podcast. When I say send me messages from wherever you are, there are people messaging me from Asia, from Mexico, from South America. Even I get some messages from Africans of people going, hey, listen, things are open here. Now, why is that? It's basically because those countries are, I suppose, let's be brutal about it. They're not rich enough to just stay closed all the time. Um, and that's maybe been part of the problem here in the West. Um, people are rich, indulged, middle class, um, were scared into trying to create a completely risk averse society. And that just isn't possible. That's just not the way um, life can be created. And so all of these things are true. It's been... Um, you know, a chaotic bureaucracy, stupidity, grifting mixed with genuine scientific scientific altruism, folks in lab coats doing real work. And it would seem tyrants and despots waiting in the wings, a whole mix of things. So as I said, right now in Ireland, things are, seem much freer than they've been in two years. It seems like three years ago, feels like 10 years ago. And yet um, there are people sitting in a sitting alone in an apartment somewhere in New Zealand dealing with 24 days of isolation. There's no rhyme or reason to the whole thing. Certainly not. But was there ever? Maybe that's entirely the fault of anyone trying to find rhyme or reason in this or trying to really get to the nub of it and understand. But here we are. So it will remain. Um, I think it will remain season one for the time being. And let's hope that... Um, over the next month, we begin to see the, some of the same things that have happened here, happening across Europe and happening across the rest of the world that is still dealing with all of these, um, well, just dealing with things. So, episode 92 of Agitators Anonymous is a complex, brain-frying, too-much-caffeine um, stream of consciousness from a freer than it's been since the beginning, since before episode one of the podcast, Ireland. So what can I say? Hang tight. Planet Satan, over and out. This is Alan Averill. You can follow me over at patreon.com slash Alan Averill for other rehearsals, podcasts, all sorts of other things. Head over there and take a look at what's going on. And we will, we will continue.